1: The pandemic rages on, but while COVID-19 has obviously grabbed the headlines, the opioid crisis hasn't gone anywhere. It is still a huge problem as opioid addiction continues to ravage lives and communities across the country. Now, a lot of federal money has been handed out to help confront the crisis, and a recent report by the Bipartisan Policy Center took a look at that money to see if it's going where it needs to go. Wanted to learn more about this, so spoke with Dr. Anand Paul Rake. He is the chief medical advisor for the Bipartisan Policy Center. We talk about the report, which focused on fiscal year 2019, what was learned and where we go from here. Give a listen. So let's kind of start from ground zero. What were you looking to learn with this report? What was the impetus for it? Well, you know,
0: we're in the midst of a COVID-19 pandemic, but it's important that people remember that we're also in the midst of an opioid use disorder epidemic. Claiming 50,000 American lives each year. So, the purpose of this study was to ask the question what is the federal government doing uh, to help states and localities tackle the opioid epidemic? Uh, so, that's the central analysis. We focused on fiscal year 2019 and found 60 different individual funding streams totaling $7.6 billion. Now, three quarters of these dollars are going to treatment, prevention, and recovery. Uh, some of these dollars are also going to interdiction, which is important this illicit fentanyl continues to drive the epidemic. Uh, We found that polysubstance use is increasing. That means it's just not opioids, but meth and cocaine altogether, where we also found increasing rates of overdose deaths in communities of color. So it paints a picture that this is still a very, very important public health challenge, and we need constant vigilance.
1: With regards to the study and all that money, did you find for the most part it was going where it should go as far as where the the greatest problem is in this situation?
0: It did appear that the majority of the dollars are flowing to counties experiencing the the highest number of overdose deaths. Of course, within that county, the question to ask is at risk populations. Are they getting the help they need? For example, individuals who are incarcerated, who are coming uh, out. uh, So the reentry time, Uh, pregnant women, um, uh, uh, new mothers. Are they getting the help they need injection drug users? Are they getting access to syringe exchange programs which facilitate treatment and and don't increase drug use? So I think there are open questions with respect to uh, at-risk populations. Uh, But I think the crux of the study is that overall, the best data suggests that the need is outstripping uh, the supply in that uh, really only a minority of individuals with opioid use disorder have access to medication-assisted treatment, which is really the gold standard treatment. We need to do better there.
1: What are your recommendations to do better? How do we, I don't want to say fix, because it seems like we're kind of getting 60% to the finish line. How do we take it all the way to the end zone? Yeah, sure. So I think there are three
0: areas of focus in terms of the federal government being a better partner to states like uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, The first is sustainable funding. As I mentioned, the need right now is greater uh, than the supply, um, and we also need to make, make sure existing funding streams are effective and are evidence-based. Uh, we need to make sure that they also include communities of color, which I mentioned. That's it, that those are communities where there are increasing rates uh, of, of overdose, of mortality. Uh, again, the focus on at-risk populations is critical. Uh, and then third, there are many rules and regulations at the federal level. Uh, that that really pose a burden on increasing access to treatment. So, for example, during COVID-19, it's been very helpful to use telemedicine to initiate buprenorphine treatment. It's been helpful that uh, you can get take-home doses of methadone from opioid treatment facilities. Uh, um, those ought to be extended. However, there are other regulations such as onerous burdens on healthcare professionals just to prescribe buprenorphine or medication-assisted treatment. There are patient caps on how many patients you can treat. We need to revisit um, and eliminate a lot of these barriers. Um, State Medicaid programs like in in Pennsylvania also need to reduce barriers. There there should not be prior authorizations, for example, um, to access treatment. So there are a lot of things that the federal government can still do to better support states and localities as they tackle the epidemic.
1: And looking at Pennsylvania, and I don't know how much of the specific data you have in front of you, but uh, the number of deaths per 100,000, just under 24, is alarming. But it does look like in the last couple, or from 17 to 19, the the funding has more than doubled. Uh, So I guess that Pennsylvania has a significant problem, but is getting significant help. That's right. In fiscal year 2019, Pennsylvania got about $285 million.
0: That's from um, agencies like SAMHSA, the Mental Health Service Administration uh, for Prevention, Treatment and Recovery. That's from agencies like the CDC uh, for surveillance, uh, agencies like the NIH uh, for research, um, agencies like the Department of Justice for criminal justice uh, reform efforts. So uh, Pennsylvania is getting um, um, an increasing share of, of federal funding. Uh, But you're right. Overdose rates in the state of Pennsylvania are higher than than the national average. So this is still a significant challenge. Uh, And and again, we don't know in 2020 exactly uh, how the COVID-19 pandemic is exacerbating the epidemic. Uh, But the concern is that there are limitations in access to treatment as well as harm reduction. So, again, we have to stay constantly vigilant um, in terms of this challenge.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that one of the questions we've asked kind of in the newsroom is, how is the opioid crisis being affected by the pandemic? Because I think it is financial, obviously. Money's got to go to fight the pandemic. It's got to come from somewhere. But I guess there's also concern, just the incredible stress this is putting from all directions that we could not just have problems with a lack of funding, but the numbers could be going through the roof just because people can't deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so important in terms of a public message to get out there. Uh, there's still so much stigma uh, around um, substance use disorders uh, as well as the opioid epidemic. We need to really help friends and families. You know, There's a national helpline, 1-800-662-HELP, really to connect individuals to treatment individuals who have mental illness or substance use disorders. So there's something here for all of us to do. But you're absolutely right. From the federal government's perspective, we can't take our eye off the ball when it comes to addressing this challenge. We can't go from public health challenge to public health challenge. We need to be able to simultaneously deal with, with, with a multiple challenges. We know for COVID-19 that first and foremost, we need to suppress the virus. And if we can suppress the virus, that'll reduce a lot of the unintended consequences that
1: we're seeing. Will you be looking, are you guys planning to track this going forward to see the impact of the, the pandemic? We hope so. We hope
0: so. Uh, You know, this is the second report, second iteration. In the past, we looked at at fiscal years 2017 and 18, this year 19, uh, and I suspect we'll want to
1: continue for the reasons you just mentioned.